the world leader in Internet Talk Radio. Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Welcome to Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of Valerie, her guests, and callers. Now here's your host, Valerie Kirkgaard. It is so interesting to hear that music. I've been listening to that music since 1987, actually. That music is Almost Ordinary People, and it was written especially for Waking Up in America by Ben Meigen. Hi there. You're listening to Waking Up in America, and I'm Dr. Valerie Ann Kirkgaard. Uh, we have a premier radio team magazine here, and for years we've been providing listeners with powerful conversations of excellence for body, mind, and spirit. So we invite you to be a fly on the wall with us and check out what's happening today. I think we have some of the most intriguing conversations in radio, and you can get it only here on Waking Up in America. So there you go. <laughs> you know, I don't just speak from nothing here. I've pushed the envelope of life many times. I've I've firewalked, I've skydived, I, I live by the phrase, don't die wondering if the insurance, insurance risks look good on it. For instance, nobody's ever burned out firewalking that I've heard. People, a couple people got blisters. So even though it seemed like an impossible thing, I decided it was worth trying to find out who I'd be when I got to the other side of that experience and I've actually firewalked four times in my life. I've piloted planes, I've carried the Olympic torch, they've all touched me my soul in very different ways, in very special ways. And in a similar vein, we have an extraordinary group of people here on Waking Up in America that come to you on a regular weekly basis. And our our guests and our editors, I, I feel honored to have them here. Bob Costa of the Home Shopping Network said that we are actually doing radio with, which would change the world, and we hope you agree. Today, I have a very special guest. His name is Dennis Dennis Waitley, but before I bring Dennis on, Dennis, I have to do just a teeny bit of comment on what I read in the paper today. Great. I think we have a miracle to thank for all those people in Canada that got off that Air France plane. Absolutely. I mean, that's a miracle. On the other side of that, which was very disturbing to me, I, Dennis, I actually, in the paper today, was that an 11-year-old girl had been tormented by a little boy, and he had thrown... He had thrown water balloons at her and called her names and teased her and things like that. She threw a rock at him. And um, I won't name the police department. In, it's just south of San Francisco. But they have decided to put this little girl on trial. And they, they're they really considering giving her four years in juvenile hall for throwing a rock. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. I think so, too, but this is what's going on in the world, and it's happening all over the place, and I'm horrified. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I know that, you know, we work very hard on being transformed all the time. So, um, hmm. maybe you'd like to, um, you've got this wonderful voice, and we really haven't properly introduced you. Uh, what would you say are some of the most things about yourself, besides the fact you're a rooster in the Chinese calendar? Well, that's true. I, well, I think... Uh, I'm a Jiminy Cricket. I'm a grasshopper that sits on Pinocchio's shoulder and tries to tell him or her to cut the strings. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've uh, worked with the POWs from uh, coming back from Vietnam. I have a doctorate in human behavior. I work with the Apollo program and find out if you do it right in drill, you'll do it right in space. 
and the Olympic athletes. I've been chairman of psychology for the Olympics, which is means that at the world-class level, it's mostly mind over muscle. And uh, habits uh, are learned. I think we have a, a problem in this country of immediate gratification, and we also are very litigious. And, and there's a song, you know, if you're feeling blue, there's nothing wrong with you. The prudent thing to do is find someone to sue. <laughs> Try to find somebody with deep pockets. We're, we're looking to absolve ourselves from personal responsibility and fix the blame to somebody else. And, you know, I looked in the mirror and saw that it was me. I mean, it, it really was me that got in my way. My choices, the, the way I manage change, the way I handle difficult situations. So, you know, I think we need to get with it. Uh, all you have to do is go to China to get scared back to life. If you want to get scared back to life, go to China and see why they're becoming the dominant economic power for the 21st century. Why are they? They are because they're willing to stay open till 10 o'clock, all the banks. They work six days a week. Uh, they say, uh, teach me everything that I can learn about success, and we're talking about teenagers. The, the Chinese teenagers' idea of a good time is to go out and sit at a circular table, have dinner, and talk about success. So I can get a 1,000 teenagers to come of their own volition in China to hear an old man talk about success, but you couldn't get a teenagers in America to come to hear something about that because they're too busy getting stylistic. Well, in China, I mean, age is venerated. Well, it really is, but, but you know, style over substance. We have to be careful that we're so stylistic and, and we're so skin deep here that we have to be careful that we don't, you know, wear, wear our success on our, uh, on our clothing and what we drive and we, we, we better get, uh, hungry again. I think the eye of the tiger's, uh, I wish I was born in the year of the tiger because then I could get the eye of the tiger back. I was just wondering what the year of the tiger was, actually. I don't know, but our competition uh, is a hungry immigrant with a digital assistant. And if we can understand that we were immigrants once, and now the immigrants see what we have and want it and are going to get it, and and nobody's ever stayed on top. So I, I think it's really a good time to reinvent ourselves, and especially the way we treat our children. Oh, I was horrified with this, that how this child could end up being put in. She's even wearing a cuff bracelet right now. Mm -hmm. They let her out of, they kept her in Juvie Hall for five days, and now she's out on a cuff bracelet. Well, the question is, did she hit him with the rock? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, but he hit her with water balloons. I suppose that's uh, allowable, you know. Don't you think this is children fighting? I mean, God bless if we'd all gone to jail for what we did in our childhood. Well, now people used to throw rocks at me all the time, and some of some of them hit, you know. But but uh, you know, we do have a more violent society. But but uh, she had due cause to get even, and she and being that young, she didn't know the consequences of that. She's just trying to protect and get even, and that's a pretty uh, natural reflex. I think it's pretty um, amazing when eleven-year-olds are getting held to adult standards. Well, I do too, uh, and I think it, it it says something about uh, adult leadership. Truly. Exactly. And how, you know, what I'm wondering, Dennis, is where has all the love gone? Well, that's the problem. I think what we're doing is uh, we don't spend time with kids, so we give them money. And that doesn't work because you can't buy love with money. It's just not for sale. I've got enough kids to know that. They've never thanked me for the money, but they've thanked me for the time we've spent together. And that was more loving time that would they talk about. They always talk about the loving times we spent together. That's oh, perfect. You know, Gail and I actually interviewed a lot of the Olympic champions um, during the Olympics this last year. And interestingly enough, 
I think we probably interviewed like 12 of the champions. We, we wanted to find out how the winner's mind worked. Yep. And every one of them had family. I, I, agree, I agree with that. I, you know, I've been chairman of psychology for the Olympics for 20 years, and now I'm going to do the same thing at the Beijing Olympics. And I have found that this support system that, of love that you have is, is just unbeatable. You know, what you leave in your children is much more important than what you leave to them in the estate. And I have some really good uh, – I've made a lot of mistakes as a father and a grandfather, and I, I'm just uh, absolutely convinced that I have to do a better job of convincing leaders how to lead the next generation. Well, when you when you well, what do you advice do you have for mothers, fathers, and grandfathers that have made mistakes? Well, I think the first thing to realize is is that uh, you must spend more time with them, and they they must not get an inflated sense of self esteem. We, we've we've manipulated self esteem to to mean that my little stallion and my little filly. I can't have any standards that they're set to because then they'll be left behind. And one of the problems we have is that we keep telling our children just generally that they're born to win, that they're entitled to win, and they have no concept of how to work for value. And therefore, did you know that the teenagers in America, this is a true statistic, it's staggering, teenagers in America are given $100 a week. What? To spend, yeah, the average. The average. Yeah. I'm talking about average throughout America, 100 bucks a week, and that means what you need, what you got, what you wear, what you eat, what you, your records, your MP3, your download, 100 bucks a week. And the problem is there's no conversations ever at home about where the money comes from and where the money goes. And so you get, you get this entitlement mentality and you get people getting paid, the kids getting paid because they're Parents are guilty about the time not spent. So I think we're not meeting with our children enough. We're not talking with them. We're not talking about money. We're not talking about, you know, kids should have debit cards, not credit cards. And they should know what the interest rates are on credit cards. And they should, in their cell phone minutes, they should know how much those cell phone minutes cost. And they should be paying for those with a a debit card and so on. You know, I think if you combine love and personal responsibility, and if you allow the children to make mistakes that are not damaging to their health or to their psyche, in other words, let them have a logical consequence or reward of their choices early, then they'll grow up believing that when they do things, things happen. And they'll, they'll learn to make choices, and they'll also learn that habits are, are caught more than taught. They're, they're caught by observing role models. So I think parents have to be better role models, better mentors, and better coaches, and spend a lot more time than they have been, with, especially with younger children. Well, I'm a, I'm a runaway mom. Yeah. I left two children at home with their father, and I've been trying to make that up since 1976. And I have the product of my mistakes right now that I have a chance to deal with. Like, I have... Amazing children and an amazing daughter, and I know there's just a way I'm not a part of her life that I would have been if I managed to work it out with their dad. Well, that and may be true, but you can still, you know, the relationship is still there. The relationship is there, but it's not as rich. It's almost like they created their lives without me. So then when I tried to come back and get in, it was hard. With my son, when I 
first took him back, in a sense. I mean, I tried to take him back as a mother would take a child and be present for him. He was like about 12 years old, even though he was in his 30s at the time, or late 20s at the time. Now he's 35, and he's about 17 or 18. And I just don't know how... I I don't feel as guilty as I used to feel, and I feel... Um, very, you know, powerful and strong things. I'm one of those dramatic Leos, you know. Well, I think, you know, I, but I think you can, uh, it's amazing what, uh, you know, what cards do and what little notes do and what little re- reminders do. Over a period of time, they they really do act like uh, drops falling on petals and they, they create That's circles. Yeah, cards and notes, huh? Absolutely. And, and you know, you don't have to re- uh, expect anything in return, but it just, it just, over a period of time, it just has an impact. I know it does because I've had to do the same. Did you really? Yeah. I mean, I've got combined family. I've got his, hers, ours, theirs, adopted children. I've got some, I've got seven children and 12 grandchildren and, you know, they're going in and out and like boomerangs coming back and forth and, and, uh, I have found that I'm a father all of my life and not just during the time that they were with me and, and, uh, I did raise uh, children as a single father, so I did have custody of, of four children, and I raised them alone for nine years. And so I understand what being a single mother is like, too. Well, actually, uh, it was like I was struggling so much for my own survival that I couldn't be the mother that I wanted to be for them. I was trying to keep myself afloat, and at the same time, them. Now I have a little more space around me. Now I look back, and I, I kind of look at and it's like the deer ran through the vegetable garden. Yep. You know? <laughs> Walking it, how do I clean up, clean this up? No, I, well, I know what you mean. Well, I, I'm trying to plant the seeds of greatness uh, in children because I know weeds come in unannounced, and they don't even need cultivating or watering. So stuff happens, and the thing to do, I think, is to, as early as possible, to give uh, these, these value-based lessons to children and... You know, I'm of the mind that habits are learned and become reflexive and that winners at the Olympic level don't try to win. They they now remember, and they remember what they've learned. And, and so if we could understand that all the inputs that we're getting from reading, listening, watching, hearing, and we become that to which we're most exposed. So the exposure that you get from the bombardment of various inputs really determines the kind of person you're going to become, and you don't grow out of it. You grow into it. You you, you have more of the same. You, you get more of the same. The only okay. way you can change is if you change the, the inputs that you're getting, the people that you run around with, but it takes at least a year, and that's the rub. I think the rub that I've learned over my career is that habits are not changed in 21 days. They're not changed during a retreat. You don't have a religious experience and then become a... What you do is for one year start doing something on a daily basis that puts you on a new track and, and it becomes like brushing your teeth or driving. I know I, I know what you're saying. Dennis, we've got, we've got George Wachowski online. Great. Lisa Molson should be here, Maureen O'Crean and Cherie Ross. And I'm wondering if any of you would like to take advantage of Dennis Whaley because we have him right here. This is Maureen O'Crean, Dennis. Uh, hi, and I'm the webmaster, so I got to go out and find out all the background about our guests. And I just smiled because in my bookcase for 
Well, I'm going to date myself and date you, but at least when you're a teenager. A very long time. My favorite tape set of all time is The Psychology of Winning. Oh, my gosh, that's a long time ago. It's a very long time ago. I think it was the first self-mastery, self-awareness product that I ever bought. And, And I just want to thank you for your consistency and your persistence and your steady walk through my life and for bringing those principles to the world because they're extremely powerful and certainly not dated. Well, that means a lot to me, and I sure thank you. You know, Earl Nightingale had the first set of tapes lead the field, but he had the first uh, 45 record called The Strangest Secret. And from 45, I love it. Yeah, in fact, it won a Grammy. It's the only speaker who's ever won a Grammy is Earl Nightingale's Strangest Secret. And, of course, the strangest secret is you become what you think about most of the time. Is there humming behind it or something, or how did it get into the Grammys? Uh, be- because at that time, uh, 45 record that had sold over a million copies, oh. that they had to uh, look at it. And in those days, it was just records. So uh, he jumped on the list, and there's never been another one since. I'll be so, darned. Yeah. So I, I I go way back, you know. My, mine were on vinyl, but they, you know, was released first in 1978. So it, it really it really did well for me. In fact, it helped launch my career uh, back then. So I really appreciate her comments very much. That is so so great. Oh, I, I love that conversation. I, are there any out of your the work that you produced? What would you most like to recommend to um, our listeners? And while we're just before we hop back to him, you can check him out. At Dennis Waitley, and that's D E N I S W A I T L E Y dot com. And it's Dennis Waitley International Financial Professional and Personal Success. So you you see yourself primarily as a uh, coach for winners, or how would that be? Yeah, I, I think I've studied them. I wanted to be one, and, and you know, I wasn't one. And the, the best work I ever wrote was when I was losing. So I think a good uh, message for the audience is. You know, people who can teach you don't always come out of their winning experiences to tell you how great they did it. Many times the challenges that we've had and the problems that we were solving at the time have been the greatest uh, experiences we've had. So if things are not going well for you, stand by. It's probably going to be a solution in there that you're going to really learn from, and that's what I wrote The Psychology of Winning because I was losing. <laughs> You know, you, you write it for yourself. You don't necessarily say, now let me teach you all about the right way to live. You know, we, we, uh, success is a process, not a, not a, a status. And I think always something happens tomorrow to humble you, to make you realize that it's a, an entire lifelong journey and you never arrive at success. And I think many speakers have said that. And I think the, the greatest new work that I'm involved in is, is the Seeds of Greatness system. And it's really a, a family leadership system, not, strictly a parenting system, but it's something that I really feel I want to leave as a legacy to help parents, regardless of their children's ages, become a true family leader and try to raise extraordinary children in this particular environment, which is very difficult. You could say something which which would really make me feel better, and I think it would be true, but coming from you would be very helpful to me. Tell me it's never too late. It is never too late. In, In fact... Uh, some of the greatest stories of all time have happened much later in life. The turnarounds from the ghetto to greatness and from poverty to success have come much later in life over long periods of time. And 
You know, you just look. I mean, I look at Michelangelo, and he's hanging upside down, and he's 78 years old, and he's doing some of his best work at 78, and Grandma Moses at 75, and I'm looking, and I'm saying, wow, there's still hope for me. <laughs> That's why I study older people. But truly, in turning around, I uh, I have seen even criminals go 180 because they, for one year, got on a track. And that's, I'm, I'm, I'm heavy on getting on a daily track. And you're heavy on the one year thing because we were talking about that. Before. Minimum of one year. Two years would be better. Look at an Olympian, 1200 days. Look at an astronaut, three years. Look at a prisoner of war, three and a half to five years in solitary confinement. In order to make change, you've got to be in it for a year so that it becomes something you don't think about because if you, if you, yeah, if you have to think about it, then uh, the little voice inside you is going to say, come on, <laughs> you know better than that. You can't do that. But if you, if you do it as a habit, it becomes, uh, from cobwebs to cables, it becomes a submarine. It, it runs silent and deep. You don't even have to think about it. And that's why it's so important to be involved for a year. I asked the, um, one of the um, gold, no, silver medalists, what they thought it would have done to, to have won the gold medal? What do you think they said? I think they probably said, I, I, I did my very best. No, they said more practice is what it would have taken. Oh, that's pretty good. I like by, that. By the way, by and large, like one woman on the team considered herself a slug, in, not in our terms, but in her terms. Of course, she would never say anything like that about herself. For one thing, I noticed very little way of, in the way of excuses, like why people hadn't done anything. Like some of them had enormous life challenges, but they they had incredible intention and a desire to complete what they perceived to be their destiny. They all had families, and they all practiced. And when something was missing, it was because they hadn't practiced enough. Well, there's no that I think that's good advice. You, know, you could take that one to the bank because I think so too. Yeah, practice does make permanent. When you stop to think about it, let's say that you're a golfer and you go out on the driving range and hit a bucket of balls. What happens is most people practice their mistakes. They practice their slice, their hook, their top, their dub, their sky ball. They practice what they've been doing, and they ingrain it even further. So it really takes a coach to show you the correct swing. So I'm tired of people who tell you that you can tap into the universal mind and then just do anything you want. You, you must find a coach, mentor, role model who teaches you the correct swing. Then you learn by practice the correct swing, and you can play the inner game of anything at that point, but unless you've learned the swing, you're going to be practicing the errors that you've picked up by trial and error and and, and probably by osmosis from role models who were just trying to make money rather than trying to help you succeed. Oh, Dennis, we are so out of time. I, I can tell, though, we could have you back in the future. I know you'd enjoy it. I really would, and I, I, I love being on your program. I, I think I've already established some kind of strange kinship with you. <laughs> we did just, a little bit, didn't we? So that, that, that is very special. And let's just have a little chat tomorrow and see what we can create here. And uh, interestingly enough, Dennis and I were talking really quickly, and it turns out that I'm going to see Famous Amos, which was created right here on Waking Up in America at the end of this month for the opening of his new cookie store in Hawaii. And Dennis said, I know Amos. So... Yeah, I've known Wally Amos for like 20 years, and, and uh, he he had identity theft over 20 years ago when he couldn't use his name Famous Amos anymore because he was really branded by somebody else, and he got it 
he got it back. Now he can be himself again. <laughs> he's a happy man about it, too. He's also had a long-term relationship. He's been married for quite a few years now, and he's gee, he's the man who reinvented himself, and that's what Dennis is talking about, and we'll talk more about that. Before I leave, though, I want to tell you one more time, his name is spelled D-E-N-I-S and W-A-I-T-L-E-Y, and it's DennisWaitley.com. Is there a telephone number you'd like to put out, Dennis, before we check out here? No, I think I'd just uh, rather just use the website and just, just have to go take a look and see see what's up. That's cool. And you can sign up for his magazine there. And, uh, Dennis, if you'd like to hang around, we'd love to have you. And if you need to go, um, I understand. Yeah, I, I need to go, but I sure want to uh, just leave uh, people with the idea of, you know, chase your passion, not your pension. Your pension will follow. <laughs> If you're following your passion, and, and just remember, habits run silent and deep, and they go from cobwebs to cables. So get into the habit of work. Ooh, cobwebs to cables. That's good. I yeah, like it sure does. Uh, and I thank you so much, Val, for having me on the show. You're totally welcome. I love you. And I'll talk to you soon, I hope. You got it. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Oh, there he is. That's uh, Dennis Waitley. What a privilege. Uh, it turns out that... Uh, we had a lot of things in common when we talked before the show, and I, I find him very enjoyable. He's actually I'm going off to China to, to teach his seminars over there, which should be great fun. Uh, August the 17th, we're going to be actually giving away an iPod shuffler here on Waking Up in America, and if you'd like to put in your two cents worth uh, to get that iPod shuffler for yourself, you want to go to our website at wakingupinamerica.com, and you sign up to be on our list, and what happens when you sign up on that list is two things. First of all, you get entered in the iPod Shuffler contest, and second of all, you start to receive uh, an email from us. In this case, you would have known that Dennis Waitley was going to be on today and our guest last week and next week and all of that, and that puts you in the loop, and if anything special is happening, we can let you know that way. There's also a place when you go on the website where you can actually write in the questions and comment box and comment on how you like the show or somebody you'd like to recommend for it, anything of that nature. So we'd love to have you do that. While you're at wakingupinamerica.com, you can meet all the editors. They're amazing people. I'm sorry that we don't have, like, Harry Potter pictures where the people move inside the pictures because these are extraordinary human beings, and they're very generous, and you can email any of them at the website. And if you want to call us, if you... If we're going too fast for you, if you miss something, if you want more information, call toll-free 866-RADIO-99. That's toll-free 866-RADIO-99. Do we have uh, Lisa Molson here? Did she? She was was on the run today, and I wasn't sure whether she was going to make it. Lisa, are you here? Well, Will, I know who is here, and it would be Cherie Ross of Essentially Yours. So, Cherie, you, (laughs) you heard Dennis. Yes, I did. Are there parenting oils? Um, well, you know, I like Maureen. That, the psychology of winning was the very, very first self-improvement anything I bought at all. Really? Book, tape, anything. And I swear to God, I listened to that thing 24-7. I slept with it. I did everything. Oh, my God. And when I opened, you know, I, I used to own four salons and spas, and I did that for 26 years. And I was also did a lot of training, and in the hairstylist industry, in the salon industry, the um, it is high turnover. That is the single highest turnover industry that there is. Is there the bartenders? 
Um, higher than bartender, <laughs> yes. And so what happened was I started each one of my new uh, uh, staff members on the tape set Psychology of Winning, and they had to listen to one tape a week. Oh, my God. And we ended up being the top in the nation um, in our sales and our productivity per square inch. We even beat out the big, huge, super, super spots. So, um, and we had the highest retention rate, and we were always rated number one nationally in our customer service. We always oh got God, the number God. one spot. So I thought, I wanted to tell Dennis that, but I couldn't pipe in quick enough. Oh, I'm so sorry. I hope he could. I'm going to call him up, and I'm going to say, you have, we'll send him the MP3 file, and we'll make him listen to it. Yeah, it, it, I thank him profusely for that. So he, he does great things without even realizing it. Oh, he so does. So, along with that, let's talk about some oils. Now, why do, why do oils work so well? Because, first of all, when I say oils, they're not oily substances like sesame oil or olive oil. These are nutrients from plants. And when they're properly distilled, what they do is they retain the intelligence that is in nature. And what they also do is they go in and they reprogram your cells to do proper things, such as wintergreen oil or Idaho balsam fir oil work very powerfully to rapidly regenerate a damaged bone. So much so that in three weeks, for an average break, they can't detect where the break was on an x-ray anymore in three weeks. Um, there's oils for the brain, like Australian blue cypress oil. Um, Idaho balsam fir is also very good for the brain. Frankincense is powerful for the brain. Lemon, cardamom, peppermint, those are powerful oils for the brain. And these oils, what they do is they assist us in mental clarity. They assist us in keeping our mood up and balanced. They assist us in maintaining accuracy. And there were studies done in both Asia and in Europe where they used lemon oil, and they just diffused it for a period of uh, three to six months in the rooms. And in Asia, they did it in, um, in, school, in school classrooms, ages 13 to college. And in Europe, they did it in a manufacturing facility where they just diffused lemon essential oil, the pure stuff, not the perfume stuff you go buy at a bath and body shop or a health food store. This is the pure therapeutic-grade stuff. Uh, oil, and what they found is a 54% decrease in errors, and a um, a uh, 46 to 68% increase in accuracy and in test scores. So by just lemon oil, it's as simple as that. By inhaling it and smelling it, and there's another oil. For example, a lot of people now are feeling very down. Okay, bergamot oil. It comes from oranges. Bergamot oil. It's a powerful oil, and it helps to get people free of bipolar and obsessive-compulsive, and it really helps them to feel good about themselves and focus. I so appreciate Dennis on what he said about how we have manipulated this whole self-esteem thing. Oh, I, what a brilliant man. And, and I would concur with that because we turned it into something without substance, and we turned it into a buzzword or what have you without having meaning. And when you work with the oils, what happens is you feel more grounded. You feel like you have your feet underneath you, and you feel calm. Because what it does is it assists your brain, the midbrain, in working in a way that it balances itself. So that when life shows up, you're not as easily upset. And you literally feel very, very calm. And this is the lemon oil? Um, lemon oil, grapefruit oil, bergamot oil, orange oil. And there's a like wonderful... I want to let you know I've actually been putting on Valor on the base of my spine. Beautiful. And I, it makes it so my back doesn't hurt as much. 
Yes, because what it does is it put, makes sure it literally communicates, and this has been scientifically documented, and if any listeners would like this documentation, I have a little booklet that I'll be happy to send you that has actual pictures of x-rays in it before and after using Valor where Valor has straightened out the spine. And there's a technique called raindrop technique that literally has improved spines. One of the women I was working with, her 14-year-old daughter had a severe curve in her spine for scoliosis. In a period of three months, she had a 19% correction in her spine straightening out. 19% in three months. That's common. That's very, very common. And so as a result of these oils, what they do, I hope you're getting a sense of this, but what they do is literally communicate. You're on the roadside, aren't you? <laughs> we just had a big ice cream truck. <laughs> now you're calling in from a telephone booth or something, aren't you? And so what happens is, is these oils communicate with the proper communication in ourselves. I just want to take a little brief moment because our time is almost up here, Cherie, yep. and just say that I really want to acknowledge you for what you have to do to do your segment. <laughs> so thank you. Well, I just got back from Kentucky, and next time we'll talk about the amazing horse stories. So we'll save that for next time. So if you'd like to learn more about what these oils can do for you and the Lyceum Barbarum and how it works with the brain and slows down the aging process, give us a call at toll-free 866-RADIO-99 or heaveninc.com. There you go. There you go. You totally can. You can get to our website either way. I happen to like heaven. Cherie likes heaven. You can get there by going to Waking Up in America. We want to make it real easy for you to, to get over here and visit. Remember, uh, August 19th, big drawing. So visit our website at wakingupinamerica.com and sign up to be on our mailing list and put yourself in the running for that iPod. They're really cute. I may even end up with one of those myself. I'm pretty impressed. Is Did Lisa get here yet? No. Well, I'll tell you what we have online for you next would be Mr. George Wojcicki. So, George, you going to tell us about true leadership today? Hi, Val. Hi, George. As I listened to Dennis today, I realized that I had experienced some wonderful lessons about leadership when I was involved in Boy Scouts with my son, John. And what I realized was that in the scouting program, young men were asked to do things by themselves, to figure out ways to do their own cooking, to setting up their equipment, to cleaning up after themselves. And I cannot tell you that they went about it with uh, great um, positive energy, and yet they knew that if they didn't do it, it wouldn't get done. And they began to build habits that, I look at our son today, and John's 24, he has become an exceptional cook. He particularly likes to cook breakfast, and he cooks breakfast for the family. That came out of his scouting experience where he had to figure out how to cook eggs and pancakes over a fire out of doors. And it's not easy, but he kept at it, and he kept at it until he became better at it. He learned from the older scouts. They mentored him. He learned from his mistakes, the things that he had to throw out. But he also learned that it wasn't about what had just happened. It was how was he going to apply what he had learned to the next time that he cooked. And as I listened to Dennis, he was emphasizing the importance of building 
a habit that is around how do I learn to make progress? How do I learn to get better? How do I learn to do it right? And then I went back and I looked at the scout law, and I realized that do all scouts show the scout law every time in all their actions, their words, their deeds? No. But as a set of principles to help guide our activities, our daily behaviors, I realized that these were principles that were established when scouting was founded back in, I think it was 1908 or so. A scout is trustworthy. A scout tells the truth. A scout is loyal to his family, friends, scout leaders, school, and nation. He's helpful. He cares about other people and willingly volunteers to help others without expecting payment or reward. A scout is friendly to all, courteous, realizes that using good manners makes it easier for people to get along. A scout is kind. They know that there's strength in being gentle. A scout is obedient, follows the rules, and obeys the laws of his community and country. If he thinks the rules and laws are unfair, he tries to have them changed in an orderly manner rather than disobeying them. A scout is cheerful, looks on the bright side of life, cheerfully does tasks that come his way. He tries to make others happy. Scott is thrifty. He works to pay his own way and to help others. He saves for the future. He protects and conserves natural resources and carefully uses time and property. Scout is brave, can face danger though he's afraid. He has the courage to stand for what he thinks is right, even if others laugh at him or threaten him. A scout is clean. He keeps his mind and body fit and clean. He chooses the company of those who live by high standards. He keeps his home and community clean. A scout is reverent, reverent toward God. He's faithful in his religious duties, and he respects the beliefs of others. And you see that scout law is available to all of us, and it really does create the principles upon which we can examine everything that we do. And that's one of the essences of true leadership. They have gifts and talents, but they're not leading for their own benefit. They're leading for the benefit of the greater group. They're seeking to bring out the best in others. They encourage people through the pitfalls and obstacles and frustrations, and they consistently add energy through encouragement to help groups of folks move forward faster together to create a better future. Back to you, Val. so funny because I'm, I'm like, I was very struck by the way you were talking about scouts and God. Yes. Because I'm missing God so much. God is getting removed. I, somebody asked me recently, I have a couple of ministries. One of them I bought for five bucks and the other one I earned from Jerry Cole Whitaker. And they said, we've never heard you sound like a minister. You know, you've never talked like a minister. Are you really a minister? And I thought, well, in a time in which God was easy to find... I, I didn't think it was that necessary to do to do the talking. But now as I'm watching, I'm, I'm surprised we haven't taken God we trust off our dollar bills. We probably will. I mean, it seems to me like we're going around as a country erasing God wherever we can find God. And that's really disturbing to me. And I, I just, as you were talking about the scout mottos and such, I was a Girl Scout myself, George. 
And our daughter was involved in Girl Scouts. No, and I, I know there's bluebirds around here. here, and I know there's campfire girls, and I know there's Boy Scouts and explorers and mariners and all those other things, and I appreciate um, George's call to arms. George is so humble that he neglects to mention to you that he's the author of a couple of books on leadership, which you can actually purchase in our our bookstore at the website. Go to wakingupinamerica.com, and you can go buy George's book. You can also buy the Divas book. It's there, and in the near future, you're going to be able to buy audiobooks from each of us, so we're really looking forward to that. In case in case we've moved too fast for you or you'd like to call and uh, say something, you can call us at toll-free 866-RADIO-99 to ask more about one of the editors or to comment on a guest or... Check out Dennis Waitley. If you want to email us while we're actually on the show, you can do that at val at wakingupinamerica.com, and I can actually put your comment on the show. So, oh, my goodness. We have a show suggestion just came in. I'll fill you guys out more on that later. That's funny how this works. Somebody did just suggest um, a possible guest for us. So I, I love it when it happens like that, and I also love it when in the Indian lands. And I, I think... She has. Do I have Lisa here? Yes. Do I miss Family Matters? Did she? Did she? Did you pull out and come over here to visit us and talk to us about Family Mattering? Yes, I did, and I wanted to um, thank you for coming, grabbing me here. You're totally welcome. Okay, you're supposed to be on the radio. Get over here. Really. Um, One of the things that I wanted to share with people today, and it's a huge lesson, and for for me this last couple of weeks, and I'm sure you'll probably resonate with this whole comment, and that's the law of counsel. Oh, yeah. Um, one of the, and, and, and it was a, it was a great lesson we had at church last weekend, and, and, and I thought, you know what, all the problems that I've had all over the years is that, number one, I've not had, uh, I've not submitted myself to uh, counsel um Probably for a couple of reasons, and that was that I didn't trust the people that I was that I was surrounding me. At the well, what exactly time. do they do if you submit yourself to counsel? What happens? Well, essentially, it's kind of like Christ and the twelve apostles. Okay, you know, and he's and he's asking us to submit to you know his leaders. You know, on, and and the, the the thing is to be very selective in the leaders that you're submitting yourself to. But you know, because there would be you know it'd be something a commandment that he'd give us or something of that nature and. And if he left somebody here on the earth to, to lay back then he had his apostles or whatever that would teach us different things. And, and you know, you, you listen to that counsel, but those guys had people around them. There's not one guy, you know, even in biblical times that didn't counsel with one another. And, and I thought, you know, here I've, you know, a lot of times the mistakes that I've made in my life have, have been as a result of me trying to figure it out on my own and. Oh, got it. Um, and I thought, you know what, that is exactly right, you know. And so the key is is making sure that you get good, sound people that are around you to coach you in the different particular areas that have the same value systems that you do and um, and expertise as well because you don't want to ask, you know, somebody, you know, a mechanic to fix a computer, for instance. Right, that's right. That's logical. You know, so you want to find people that really understand that particular subject and help you know, and then, then, and then, you know, people go, well, how do I hear God, or how do I know this is the right thing? You know, when I do get counsel from somebody, so did you, you know, go to the counsel? Um, well, 
I, I'm just talking about not the law of counsel, like counsels with a C-I-L. It's counsel with S-E-L. Oh, gotcha. Okay, got it. Counsel I... with 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 your mentors or whomever and say, this is my team of people, you know, just like Laurel Langmar has taught right. us. Um, you know, you've got your financial team. You know, it's going to take you through your business and your taxes and whatever else, you know, on that on that whole business end. But you also have things and, you know, working things out with your life. You know, I, I just came across a situation where I got into a legal battle with a whom I considered a good friend. You're right. And, I know that one. And I really didn't know how I wanted to handle it. Do I handle it and stick a pit, you know, pit, pit bull on her or do I get somebody who can help us, you know, honor the relationship and amicably work out our differences, you know, it's by nature. You know, I think what you said is, like, critical. To amicably, amicably, you can't say it, though. Amicably. amicably honor the relationship. I think that's a really critical comment. Right. So, and all I'm, all I'm suggesting, and, and this is for even for, for my kids, the best thing advice that I can give them and, you know, you guys being a part of my family um, is to make sure that <clears throat> that uh, you have good sound people in, in 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 your life that you can bounce things off of, and you work things out in your mind. This is one thing that we've been taught um, in in church is that uh, once you work things out in your mind, then then you pray about it. It's like get all the information you possibly can. You ever see somebody that goes and do due diligence on a new company? Right. You know, they're turning up everything they can before they pull the trigger and say, okay, I'm going to do this deal. They don't go, well, you know, it sounds great. No, you got to pull the layers back. They go all the way, dig out underneath rocks and whatever to see what they're going to find there. Even when you go buy a new house, you know, it might look really pretty, but you got to go, you know, go in and flip the light switches on and off and, you know, see how the cabinet doors work and, you know, go in the basement and see what the, you know, the wiring looks like stuff like that. You yeah, know, that's and that's what you're calling then due diligence, you, right? Yeah, you do your due diligence on whatever your issue is, whatever it is. Find out as much information as you possibly can. Intelligence, whatever you whatever you want to call it. Then pray about it. You know, work through your problems in your mind, and that's kind of you know, it's taken me some time to, to try to work some of the things that I'm you know confronted with, as well as we all have here. Absolutely, and, and then. You can get some good counsel um, about different things. And so that's the message here for today for, for Family Matters. I hope this has been helpful to you, and uh, this message has been brought to you by Lucky Cash. And you can reach us at uh, uh, by going to www.luckecash.com. And she is lucky, too, boy. Let me tell you, I've known her for years. Um, you know, I appreciate what you're talking about, uh, about the good counsel and from just as a tagline from the Course of Miracles, the instruction of the Course of Miracles is to surround yourself with mighty companions, and that is exactly what we have done here with each other on Waking Up in America. The, the team is mighty, and the guests who come to visit the team and enrich us are mighty too, and Dennis uh, Waitley was just an incredible gift today. That was just right out of the air. Uh, what a amazing human being. We'll actually be talking more tomorrow to see what we can create with him. I have a conversation planned with him. Call us at toll-free 866-RADIO-99. When um, you want to talk to any one of the editors, you can leave a message there for them. And remember to sign up for our our iPod Shuffler. The lucky person's name is going to get drawn 
August the 17th for that. We'll do that actually while we're on the air. We'll let you know who gets What's the shuffle? iPod shuffler. What is it? Why would somebody want an iPod shuffler? What is it? It's a, I, I, I want to call it a contraption because I'm not really into technology in the same way that other I people. I know what iPod is, but I didn't know what um, it's a shuffler. It's a little device that you can actually download information into songs, radio shows, all different kinds of things, and then you go around and listen to it. And depending upon how it's structured, it, it'll actually just play these different things for you. So we're going to be putting Waking Up in America um, shows on that iPod Shuffler, so we'll give you at least ten good shows. And uh, you'll have a good time with it, and uh, it'll be fun giving it away. So that was Pete's idea, and Pete is the guy that makes this show work, and he gets us to all the different companies all over the states that, that play our show, and he makes sure that we sound as good as possible as we're blending all these telephones in different locations here on the air. And we do. We have, actually, we have a diva. The diva. I, I heard her I heard her rustle her boa a few moments ago, and I know she's here. The, the, the diva has um, a special message for you today. Yes, she does. Hello, everyone. This is Maureen O'Crean with DistinctivelyDiva.com. And today we're going to talk about the elusive nature of success. We often think of success as a tangible item. I'll be successful if I have a million dollars in the bank, a new house, a new body, or a new car. Within this often unspoken goal lies the seeds of destruction for success. The house and the car are only arbitrary symbols of attainment of that sweet victory we call success. Success is is an energy that brings with it the tangible mementos of the journey. But if we don't know the type of success we seek, we won't be happy with the trip or the results. Do you know how you will know if you have achieved your personal definition of success? As Peggy Lee sang in that classic golden oldie, is that all there is? Is an anthem that haunts many a person who has achieved success in the eyes of the world. Let's look at a few ways to avoid the traps of success and create success satisfaction. First, define and quantify how you will know you are successful. There are many different types of success. And here are a few. Spiritual success, like that achieved by Mother Teresa. She set a goal to help people die with dignity, and she created that future. Noteworthy success, like that achieved by Nelson Mandela for standing for a principle in the face of no agreement until everyone agreed. Financial success like that achieved by Donald Trump, for using the rules of the financial game to his advantage. Political success, like that achieved by George W. Bush, for convincing the political forum he was the best leader for the job. Or 15-minute success, like many rock stars or movie stars that come on the scene brightly only to burn out on drugs or destruction. Can you see how the type of success you choose leads to the decisions that you will make along the way? For a life that is truly successful, believe with the core values and emotions that speak to your heart and soul. 
build your foundation on rock and your life will emanate success. So please send us your comments, give us your ideas, call us toll-free at 866-RADIO-99. Please visit us and sign up for our mailing at wakingupinamerica.com and sign up for our free newsletter on living the life you were born to live at distinctivelydiva.com. I like it. Um, I'm just thinking about Dennis. What a powerful conversation he is. The idea of him going to China all the years. He was actually born in 1933, Maureen. He's a very, he's an awesome, awesome leader. And you know what? He's not married. Well, that's too bad for him. No, 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 no. I may go over and make him an offer. (laughs) I said, Dennis, are you married? And he goes, no. And I go, you're exactly the same age as my (laughs) ex-husband. All right, just entertain the thought. Oh, what a cutie he is. Oh, my goodness. Um, I'm just, I guess my heart is heavy from this whole thing about children. What I'm seeing about, I, I guess I've been reading the paper too much or something like that. I just want to lift them. And it's like, I did meet Mother Teresa. I actually was standing behind her on a plane that was on um, a Pan Am plane that was going to London. And this little short woman was in front of me, and the stewardess just beamed. And I poked my friend Larry, and I said, whoever that is, I'm going to be her. Because I want to be such a light in people's lives that they smile like that when they see me. And that's part of what's behind Waking Up in America. That was actually part of the conversation. Also, um, Jim, Jim Murphy was a stand for peace, and I've picked up his torch, and I've agreed to carry the peace torch. So when we bring all these different people onto Waking Up in America, it's because they have incredible conversations, and they've spent their lives developing these conversations, and I'm... I just want to keep reaching. While we're while we're ending the show here, George actually sent me the Boy Scout laws, and if anybody's interested in having me forward that to you, um, I'd be happy to do that. Just send send me an email at val at wakingupinamerica dot com, and I will shoot off George Rachinsky's Boy Scout laws. I I think they're good things to live by, and I really appreciate the fact that George brings that information to us here. And I know you can hear us from any place in the world, and I know that a lot of you actually have come in from different countries, and we're very pleased about that. So whatever time you're hearing this program, we want you to know that it's produced by Kirkguard Media Group, Radio Classrooms of America, and our radio partners, ConeyCompany.com, Dr. James Murphy and Memoriam, and our executive producer, Nathan Jett. And we really thank our guest, Dennis Waitley, today, and our chief technical officer, Pete Laubach. You never hear him. And his secret is in the sound that he helps us create. Thanks to the team at Voice America, Denise and Eric, and today, um, I think it was Ruben or Mike, forgive me. Um, And thanks to Ben Migan for our theme music, Almost Ordinary People. And next week, please invite a friend to listen. And according to Tinkerbell and Peter Pan, clap if you want peace. You're not crazy anymore 
Thank you for joining us today for Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard. Waking Up in America can be heard live every Wednesday, 12 p.m. Pacific Time on voiceamerica.com, and Valerie welcomes all emails at heavenincorporated.com.